All right, so we are going to start today. Um, on the other side of your bulletin, there's this space that says, I remember. And we were talking today about remembering, uh, specifically remembering the Lord. But we're going to start out um, with a little game about remembering. And so if you didn't get one of these, we are going to use it or just a piece of paper. You can either play this game individually or with your, whoever you're sitting with. But you may have played a game like this before. It's a memory game. In just a minute, we're going to put up a picture on the screen. And it's going to have some objects on it. And you're going to take 30 seconds and try and memorize, remember, all of the objects on the screen that you're capable of. Then we're going to take down the picture and you're going to write them down. Somebody in first service took a picture of that when it went on the screen. And you guys, we are in the house of the Lord. Just saying, okay? So no cheating. It was pretty smart, but still. So let me get my stopwatch out and get your brains out. Uh, and we will put that up. Uh, here we go. And it's going to go up and I'll give you 30 seconds as soon as it goes up. All right. I think you guys are smart. You can do it. And stop. All right. Now, I'm going to give you some time to write down all of the things that you can remember from that. And stop. All right. We're going to put the picture back up and see how many of those you remember and if you remembered them. If you remember quite a few of them and you feel like they're right, throw out some numbers. How many did you get? Six, nine, 15. Nice. 12. 16. Ooh, 12. I think we had a 17 last service. They may have been the one that took the picture. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that's just a fun little game for our memories, right? And our memories are interesting things. We can remember pictures like we just saw on the screen, right, for probably just a short time. But, you know, we can look at that whole thing, write some down. Some of us remember certain objects. Some of us remember the other objects. But, you know, our memories are, are pretty cool. We remember things for a long time. Like, I remember the first pair of shoes I wore to the first day of kindergarten and they had a little kangaroo on the side and I remember what they look like. I don't know why I remember that from 33 years ago, uh, but I do. Uh, so like we can remember things for a long time, right? And like how about song lyrics? 
Can anybody remember song lyrics from like a long time ago or like the craziest, most annoying songs in the world and they pop up in your head, right? Our memories work a little like that. And we're going to watch a little clip uh, from the movie Inside Out that shows a little bit how our memory kind of works. Anybody's memory work a little like that? Every once in a while you just have something pop in your head. Um, I, I could probably start singing some of those jingles that you guys would all remember. So some like that we, we never forget, right? And we don't even know why. Uh, but some memories fade, like they said. I loved that my favorite one line in there is, four years of piano lessons, keep heart and soul and chopsticks and delete the rest. Uh, <laughs> I took piano lessons, so I get that. Um, and, but as many things as we do remember, we also tend to forget a lot of the things, as you saw. Those memories, like, like just in the clip, they get sucked out and sent to the dump. And I was thinking of some of the things in my life that got sent to the dump, and um, I took physics in college, and it's literally all in the dump. I don't remember, a, I just remember how to spell physics, that is it. I don't remember anything else. Um, but... Uh, we can remember, but, but I remember the Oscar Mayer Wiener song, so you just, who knows? <laughs> Don't remember physics. But we can remember lots of things, but we were also prone to forgetting, right? Um, and that is not something new. We see throughout scripture where people forget. People forget some very important things, and God often has to tell us not to forget. The Lord actually tells us a lot in the Bible to remember. And why do you think he has to say it a lot? Well, God usually only has to tell us things if we don't do something. Just like my wife has to tell me things a lot if I don't do something because I forgot. Just like that, God tells us things if we don't do them and we forget. And so that is why God tells us to remember because here's a problem. We forget. And we see this problem very clearly in the story of God's people as they are, um, as Moses uh, frees the Israelites, as Moses is leading them out of slavery from Egypt and into the promised land. And in this story, uh, we often call the story the Exodus story. It's in the book of Exodus, um, but um, they're also exiting, so that works too. Uh, but today I'm going to focus on a little bit different part of that story, specifically because we're talking about remembering. And I'm going to call the story today, Oops, We Forgot. Can you guys all say that? Oops, You guys are good. So I'll begin the story today when God sends Moses and Aaron to free his people from slavery in Egypt. God promised long ago that he would give his people the promised land. And so now after 400 years of slavery, he sends Aaron and he sends Moses and then he sends 10 plagues to Egypt. And God shows Pharaoh and all the people there how he alone is in control of the earth and everything there. And after enduring all these ten plagues, Pharaoh finally relents and he lets the Israelites go. And so Moses and the Israelites, they, they march off into the desert, right? And they have just seen some amazing feats of God's power through these plagues and how God protected them. And so as they march off into the desert, they are praising the Lord, right? But Pharaoh gets mad. He kind of forgot who God was. And what he just saw. And he started chasing after the Israelites with his entire army. 
And the Israelites see that the army is closing in on them and they are here marching out from the desert and the Red Sea's over here and they look back and they see the Israelites coming after them and they say, God, did you bring us out here to die? But God showed his power to them again. He split the Red Sea. The Israelites walked through on dry ground. They get to the other side. The army comes after them. And God unsplits the sea. And the, the entire army dies. And the Israelites are on the other side. They're on dry ground. And once they were safe, they realized that they hadn't trusted God. And they were like, oops, we forgot. Because they forgot what God had done, and they forgot what his promise was. Then, just three days later, literally three days after seeing a sea split, which is a pretty big deal, right? They started to grumble because they were in the desert, there was no water. They found water, but it was undrinkable. And so God had Moses throw in a piece of wood into this water. The water became sweet. The people were able to drink it. And the people had water. And once they were satisfied, they realized that they hadn't trusted God. And they were like, oops, we forgot. Because they forgot what God had done. And they forgot what his promise was. Now, they keep on going on their journey, and a couple months later, the Israelites start grumbling again. And they said, you know, we had plenty to eat in Egypt. Now we are starving. You just brought us out here to die. But God showed his power again. He sent them quail and manna to eat. They ate their fill, and once they were satisfied, they realized that they hadn't trusted God. And they were like, oops. We forgot because they forgot what God had done and they forgot what his promise was. Interesting little fact, God provided that manna for 40 years. And they continued traveling in the desert and they came to this place where there was no water. Sounds familiar, right? And they said, give us water to drink. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Just so our children and our livestock would die? Which that kind of sounds familiar too, right? It's like they forgot they had been there before. So Moses, he struck a rock with his staff. Water came out. The Israelites had water. They drank their fill. And once they were satisfied, they realized that they hadn't trusted God. And they were like, oops, we forgot. Because they forgot what God had done. And they forgot his promise. They can continue on his journey. And they get to this mountain. Moses goes up the mountain to talk to God. Pretty important conversation, right? So he took his time. God had a lot of things to say to Moses and to tell the people. And the Israelites were thinking, this is taking a lot of time. And they got pretty impatient. And so they got impatient and they told Aaron, quote, Make us some gods who will go before us. Who knows what happened to Moses? So Aaron, a bit forgetful himself, had all of the Israelites give him their gold, and he make a, made a golden calf out of that, and he made it for them to worship. And he told the people, I hate this line, 
because it drives me crazy. He said, quote, this is your God who brought you out of Egypt. So they sacrificed and bowed down to the golden calf because they forgot who brought them out of Egypt. And God was mad, right? He should be mad. And he sent a plague to punish his people. And they realized that they hadn't trusted God and they were like, oops, we forgot. Because they forgot what God had done and they forgot what his promise was. Now, there's a pretty clear and painful theme here. God made this promise a long time ago to deliver his people into the promised land. At every single turn, every single moment, God shows his power and he takes care of them. But the people continue to not trust God and keep on saying, oops, we forgot. Because they forgot what God had done in his promise. Now, at the end of the 40 years, Moses doesn't get to go into the promised land with them. And they're at the edge of the Jordan River. And Moses is saying his farewell speech to the people. Which, after 40 years of being in the desert, he probably had some things to say, and he did. So I want you to pretend that you are the Israelites. Just say, oops, we forgot one more time. You sound just like the Israelites. And I'm going to be Moses. This is from Deuteronomy 8. And here is what he is telling you. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you in order to know what was in your heart and whether or not you would even keep his commands. He humbled you causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell the entire 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of God, walking in obedience to him and revering him, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams, deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and pig, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. Now, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But be careful. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I am giving to you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and when you are satisfied, 
When you build fine houses and you settle down and when your herds and your flocks grow and your silver and your gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of that hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and to test you so that, in the end, it might go well with you. Now, you may say to yourself, it was my power and my strength of my hands that have produced this wealth for me. But... Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you your ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. All right. Moses made it clear, right? He made it clear that when they cross into the promised land, that they needed to what? Remember. Remember the Lord your God and what he has done. And why does he say this? Just like my wife has to tell me to remember when I forget something, Moses knew after 40 years with these guys in the desert that the people were going to forget God and what he has done and his provisions. And forgetting didn't go well for them. When they forgot, there were several things they consistently did when they forgot God. First, when they forgot God, Every time they got satisfied and had their fill or they were safe, they became prideful. And they forgot that it was only by God's grace that they had anything. God gave them their abilities, their protection, their provisions. In fact, God put them in a desert because there was nothing to show them that he can give them everything. But they forgot and they became prideful in what they had done. And Moses even tells them, you may say to yourself, it was my power and the strength of my hands that produced this wealth for me. But it was God who gave them everything. And when they forgot, something else happened. They worshipped idols. In their case, in the specific case, they worshipped the golden calf. And when it wasn't... As Aaron said, he said it was the golden calf that brought them out of Egypt. But it was not the golden calf. It was the Lord who brought them out of Egypt. It wasn't the golden calf that provided for them and split the Red Sea and gave them manna and gave them water. It was the Lord, their God. But because they forgot, they worshipped an idol that was absolutely powerless. So they got prideful. They worshipped idols. And when they forgot, they grumbled and they complained. Because they lost sight of the promise. They lost sight of their God. 
and what they had. Forgetting God made them focus on all the negatives instead of the positives and what God had given them. And this is important for us all today. Because as much as we'd like to stand here and look at that story and start pointing fingers at the Israelites for being ridiculous, and I want to, every time I read that line I told you about where Aaron says, and this is the golden calf that brought you out of Egypt. It just makes me want to punch him. But I don't. I'm not a violent man. But unfortunately, we, we are not that much different than the Israelites. Maybe we can remember silly bubblegum tunes and the, the lyrics to the Oscar Mayer Wiener song. But we are all guilty of not remembering some bigger things like who God is and what he has done. And there's some questions I'm going to ask you so that we know if we have forgotten God in our own lives. Because we can ask these questions. If we forget, it shows up in our lives just like it showed up in the Israelites. When we forget about God, we also become prideful. And we think it is by our hands that we have the things we have. Food, money, success, power, knowledge, safety. But every good gift comes from the Lord. It is not our own doing. And so to know if you maybe have forgotten the Lord in your life, I want you to ask this question. Is there any good thing in your life that you think came from you? And I think that's a hard question. Because if there's any good thing in your life that you think came from you, you have forgotten the Lord because everything comes from him. So when we forget about God, we become prideful and just like the Israelites, when we forget God, we re quickly replace who or what gets our love, and we worship idols. Now, most of us aren't going to bow down to a golden calf. But for us, it may be money as our idol, or a person, a job, a hobby, a sport, a dream. Anything that we love more than God is an idol. And if we worship that we have forgotten God. Anything we give more time or energy or focus on in our life, then God is an idol. And just like the golden calf couldn't rescue anybody, money, jobs, people, dreams, sports, also can't rescue anybody. Cannot rescue from your slavery to sin. It will never satisfy you. And they will never love you like God does. So the question to ask yourself on this one is, if, have I forgotten the Lord? Is, is there something in your life that has taken the number one spot in your life besides God? If so, you may have forgot. And finally, when we forget God, we complain. It's not pretty, but we do it. And we moan and groan about how bad the world is. And honestly, right now, it is pretty easy to complain about that. Right? We complain about how bad our circumstances are, maybe what we don't have. And we may even be like the Israelites. And we could even say how great our life was in slavery to sin. Like, you know, 
before I gave my life to Jesus, like, things actually were a little bit better and cooler. Right? But when we remember God and all he has done, especially his gift of salvation, it's hard not to be grateful. And so the question here to know if you've forgotten is, do you find yourself being ungrateful and pessimistic about the state of your life or the world? If so, you may have forgot. And if any of these are true that I have asked, we may have forgotten God. And just like the Israelites, it didn't work out for well, well for them, and it won't work out well for us. And that kind of seems depressing, and you wonder, is there any hope? I mean, if all we can remember is a silly bubblegum commercial, and we're just going to be like the Israelites and forget things and remember how great slavery was, is there any hope for us? Yes. Because God says how we can remember. In Deuteronomy 6, same chapter, or same book, where Moses is giving his farewell speech. This is part of it. Moses says, if we want to remember, and if we want our children to remember, and our children's children to remember, we must do the following. And first is, we must spend the time. By a raise of hands, I've got a question for you all. Has anybody ever tried to memorize lines in a play, maybe? Just a few of us. I was a theater major, so I spent a lot of time memorizing lines in plays. It takes a long time, right? How about, uh, has anybody had to memorize the periodic table of elements at one point? I had to do that in high school, also in the dump. Don't remember a thing. Had to do it, right? How about, have you ever had to memorize a presentation for school or a job? When we remember things, when we memorize them and take, what does it take? It takes time. Usually there's no shortcuts. There's some helpful ways to remember, but it just takes time. And God says that it takes time to remember him as well. And Moses says, in the same moment to the Israelites at the end of their journey, in Deuteronomy 6-7, he says, talk about God when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. And in that verse, when he says that, is there any time of the day that he doesn't mention? No. He covers the entire Time. It's all day, every day. When we give God the time, we will remember and God will be on our minds and our hearts. And God has also given us times as his body, as the church, for us to remember him. He's given us these things for this. One of them is today. He says in scripture to not give up meeting together, which is today. On Sundays, we meet together. That's part of the time. So we remember him and who he is and we can worship and praise him. We also take communion. And in scripture, it says, do this in remembrance of me. To remember him. He gives us that for that reason so we don't forget. And he gives us his scripture to spend time in scripture so we remember him. And if you don't remember anything else from today, I want you to remember this one thing. We remember what we give our time to. 
We remember what we give our time to. So we have to take the time. And the second thing we need to do is to tell. We have to tell other people. Moses goes on in the same speech and he says, in the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? And here it is. Tell him. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh on his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. Tell Telling our families and our children and our children's children and those around us about God and his goodness is part of how we remember. And so when our son and daughters asks, tell them. And if they don't ask, tell them anyway. I do that to my children. And so the question for you is today, who have you told about who God is and what he has done? got to take the time and we have to tell people and the cool thing is when we do this it's not for naught it changes us changes how we live if we take the time and we tell others we will remember our families will remember and it changes us and instead of living a life full of pride we will live a life of humility And we will understand our absolute and complete dependence on God. And because it is truly God who gives us everything and not us, we are actually placing our dependence in the right place because he is, in fact, the one who gives us everything. And if we place that dependence on us, I'm sorry, guys, I love you all, including myself, we're just going to fail at that. If we put our pride and our dependence on ourselves, we're going to fail miserably every single time. But if we live a life of humility and dependence on God, he will provide every single time. And instead of worshiping idols, if we forget, remembering him, we will worship God. And only he alone is the one that can give us salvation, eternal life, freedom from our sins. And anything else we worship is going to fail miserably every single time. And finally, when we remember, we will live a life where we are grateful and content. On the other end, we will always want more, we will always want different if we are not looking at God. But if we remember him and what he has done and his sovereignty and what he provides, we will always live a life grateful for his grace and his constant provisions. And that just sounds a lot better than living a life of complaining and moaning and groaning, doesn't it? I think so. So today, for Generation Sunday, Since all the ages are in the room, I have just a few things that I want to tell you. For those who are young, and I'm not going to tell you who is young today, 
you can decide for yourself if you're young. Um, I'm going to say I'm young. <clears throat> ask your parents. Ask your grandparents. Ask your church leaders or your mentors. Ask them about God's goodness in their life. And I bet you'll hear some cool stories of the way that God has provided or changed and transformed their lives. So ask them. And it's also graduation season. Brookings' gradu graduation is today. So for graduates, if you're here, remember to take the time to invest in what really matters because you're about to head off into the, the next journey, the promised land that you've been waiting for. And there's a lot of other things to put your time and energy and focus into, but remember to take the time to invest in God. Everything else will fail you. I learned that the hard way. Parents and grandparents, the time you spend with the Lord, the way you tell your families and people around you, about God and his goodness in your life, it is absolutely necessary for us to remember who God is and what he has done and for us to follow him. So take a moment, the band's uh, coming up and they're gonna give us a couple minutes, but whoever you're sitting with, whether it's a spouse or family or friends or whatever, maybe take a moment and just share like one good thing that God has done in your life, how you have seen the goodness of God, and maybe you'll be surprised at what you hear.